are listening to the Cleveland Guardians FanCast, hosted by Quincy Wheeler and Friends, a podcast about the Cleveland professional baseball team and its fans. Welcome to the Guardians FanCast. Today we are joined by some of our friends and a new friend who is a dog. Uh, And just like Shane Bieber has that dog in him, this podcast has that dog in us. Uh, So, uh, Allie, uh, who have you brought with you today? This is Milo. He is the dog of one of my coworkers who is traveling for work right now. So when one of us goes on the road, the other one becomes a dog owner. There Say hi, Milo. Hi, Milo. Good boy. Oh, he's like, I heard my name. He really, he freaks out over voices that come from not humans. So whenever my phone, like anyone talks on my phone or the fact that you guys are talking from the computer, he's really stressed out about that right now. He's licking the computer. He, seems, he is licking the computer. Either <laughs> I don't know if he is licking or chewing on the computer. That's, uh, yeah, I think the podcast listeners are going to love it. Um, but yeah. you, if you survive, um, Andrew, how are you? I'm good. Um, just getting over a cold, but I'm feeling better. Yeah, me too. I hear you, Mike. How are you? Today was awful, but it ended with Andrew Miller coming back to the Cleveland Guardians. So, who's to complain? You know, <laughs> uh, that is and- the left handed reliever, right? Yeah, uh, Sam Hitches. Uh, yeah, that no, wait, are you sure it's not Andrew Miller? Legs. Um, <laughs> He gave up a he gave up a double, so maybe not Andrew Miller, depending on the Andrew Miller in the playoffs. Ah, Andrew Miller in the final couple games of the World Series. Too soon. Uh Alyssa, how are you? I mean the guards won. I checked Ernie Clement's box stats, so <laughs> we're doing er- great. Ernie Clement killing two it. Two home runs. Two two run home runs. Boy. Ernie, that's good. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just checking it. I was checking it all the minor league scores. I see Akron uh Antio got hit pretty hard, which is a bummer. But Akron scores runs, so that's not bad. They've been struggling to score, but they have a pretty young team for the most Do part. So. Scores runs. No. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I Allie, what or did you post something today about what is it like to score 20? I forget, or something like that. Yeah, I just want one of those games where we score 20 runs and the other team just We've got position players pitching and they just want it to end. They don't even want to win anymore. They just want it to be over. Um, yeah. But after that I is. tweeted that, I realized I don't want that because if we ever do have a game like that offensively, we are being no hit the next day. Absolutely. <laughs> so we'd need please sec to start though. <laughs> it, it does. Well, that, all... was, that was our one big scoring outburst against Oakland, right? Exactly. Right. Like immediately yeah. gave up six 12, runs. Yeah. 12 runs. Yeah. I hate that we have one 12 run game of the year and we also gave up 10. Like even the good <laughs> offensive games can't be safe. I uh, I enjoyed today looking at people, various people's memories of the Josh Naylor game that happened on this date last year. Uh, and I think I forget who it was, but somebody had one that they took a picture of them going to the game. They went to the game in, in Chicago. So they took a picture at the beginning of the game 
of the stadium. And their caption was, of course, Zach Plesak would be pitching today. And I had forgotten that he had started that game and gave up a ton of runs. And then Josh Naylor had to put the team on his back and carry it back. Anyway, it was it was a great game. But it was it was a fun it was a fun post to remember. There's a lot of those fun posts today. I uh well, okay, so the Guardians won. That's nice. Uh we don't have to talk about the Guardians in the middle of a losing streak or after a disappointing loss like we did the last couple times. Things are going perfectly, of course. Well, not really. The Guardians still have trouble scoring, as we just mentioned. I, I I'm gonna start off talking a little about Josh Naylor. I have Naylor. Been... I barely know her. Sorry, I had to. <laughs> no, that's okay. I should have left you the space for it. Yeah. PG. <laughs> no, no, it's it's fair. It's what you should say when when someone says Naylor and pauses. Uh, okay, so I've been a big Josh Naylor defender. Last year I was, and you know, various forums where I go on, I know people that are huge Josh Naylor doubters, and all of them are circling like vultures right now to say, "Oh, I don't know. I think he's uh, probably not it. I think he, we might need to move on from him." And I just, I'm tired of that because I really do believe in him. And I do think that he's the kind of guy that you can rely on to reliably kill right-handed pitching when he's right. He's in a bad spot right now. And a lot of it has been bad luck that I think has turned into some bad habits. So I'm a firm believer in Josh Taylor. I I believe that he's going to go on a hot stretch here soon. But at the same time, I just cannot understand how Tito allowed him to bat versus a left-handed hitter with David Fry and Tyler Freeman on the bench today. I just don't understand. Like, and, and Is it isn't Tyler so much. Okay? <laughs> and it isn't so much like it is they were ahead to nothing. So it's not like, oh hey, he, there's a runner on third. There's a runner first and third. So it's not like you know, I, I understand the idea. Maybe he wanted to give Josh Naylor another bat against left-hand reliever to try to give him a chance to figure this out. But you've got two guys on your bench who desperately need at bats. Why don't you give them an at bat there? So who can explain that to me? Well, Quincy, before we get to explaining anything, if you love Josh Naylor staying in to bat in the eighth inning against a left-handed pitcher, you will love Josh Naylor batting three times against Eduardo Rodriguez tomorrow. Oh, jeez! If, if Josh Taylor starts tomorrow, I don't know what I'll do. Like, I, I think the front office would start having a conniption. I, I think so. I think they'd be. I think we should test my theory. My theory is that he would do better if his brother was up here. Like, I, what I like to that try point. it, you know? I, I, I like it. I really think that's actually, that I, it's, it's actually a sound reasoning. Like, his brother comes up, he would be so pumped. The other thing that I would say, though, about generally turning Naylor around, we need people to go to the game and heckle him where (laughs) like some I'm sorry, I love Naylor, but somebody needs to bite the bullet, go there in like a Tigers shirt and just absolutely like make fun of him and his family. And like then he'll go off. He does it every time. He just needs that kind of motivation. We need like a group of like local White Sox fans. Um, which why would you be rooting for them if you're in Cleveland? But anyway, find a local group of them. And be like, well, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Pay their way to the, the White game. Sox in a couple weeks. So actually next week. I think yeah. we're in Chicago next week. So who was but, supposed to have a really good game? We said a podcast like two weeks ago, this day against the White Sox, this player's gonna do this. Oh. Were we a med casting? 
Uh, I don't think so. I know. I, I know every, every time I turn, every time I turn around, somebody's predicting Miles Straw to hit a home run. So that's <laughs> that might have been it. We might. We're getting a little Miles out of control so. with that too. <laughs> I like. I want the Miles Straw home run to happen, but we need to be realistic. Like it's gonna happen <laughs> in an easy home run park. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, we I'm surprised we've it already been in New York. Yeah, we've already yeah. played in Yankee Stadium though, and with Pesky's bowl. Yeah. Okay. And I, so. I don't know what our options are now. Progressive field. I, it's got to be progressive field. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be. It uh, could be the short porch in um, in Houston. Or the inside of the park. Oh, run yeah, in one of those weird show. corridors Well, in he'd Houston. be back, like, he's played in Houston, so it might be like, okay. Like, no, Crawford, Crawford Box is absolutely yeah, right. That's, shot, speaking that's a good of call. Miles Straw, that catch he made, he's insane. Like I just with do my it. life. Ahmed <laughs> <laughs> could do it. He was yeah. so mean the other day. I was there Saturday when Logan Allen pitched, and there was this one, and Miles is looking at it, like it's going over his head and into the seats. And Logan was thinking, like, that was it out, and he just casually reached up and caught it. Okay, Miles, I see you. <laughs> Shane Bieber brought that up today because he? he said, "Yeah, he said that." Uh, um, whatever double Shane Bieber gave up off the wall because Miles had done that to Logan Allen, Shane was hoping that Miles was doing that to him and that, <laughs> that wasn't actually a double and was really disappointed to learn that Miles didn't catch it. We love our center fielder. <laughs> it reminds so me good. of uh, the catch he had in Oakland where he caught it, didn't do anything, and they asked him after the game, he goes, why didn't you us the ball? He goes, was I supposed to? <laughs> He uh, he always makes his best catches look so easy. I don't like some. I don't know that I've ever seen the man like. I, I'm sure I have seen him dive and so forth, mm-hmm. and it's not like he won't dive. He absolutely will. But it just seems like every time he makes an amazing catch, he's he still somehow makes it look easy. It's amazing. I don't care what he does offensively. He's so good on defense that he's. My favorite center fielder. Like, I just would never think of wanting someone else to play out there at all. He's also really helped develop, like, Quan Gonzalez and Brennan in the outfield. Like, I think a lot, um, like, granted, they are obviously really talented players already, but I think he's been, like, a good leader out there and allowing them to, like, fully develop into the players they are. The thing I for me... Oh, go, go ahead, ahead Mike. Go ahead, go ahead, Mike. It, it's just that, like, there's only so much you can do um, on some things. Like, instinctually, it's really hard to learn jumps. And as much as I think Will Brennan's kind of a natural at that, and I, I think Quan's also been quite good with that. Oscar, it's the one thing that I don't think that uh, a mile straw kind of tutelage can can teach. But he does a lot more of his fundies better than he did because he's he's come a long, long way as an outfielder. Yeah. Yeah, I remember some days of where I saw Gonzalez and I'm like, there's no way this guy will be anything but a DH in the majors. And yeah. he's definitely made big strides from that. He's all, he always had a good arm, but you're like, I don't know. You know, it'd be kind of like a Vladimir Guerrero arm sometimes. You know, he'd be chasing a ball in the corner and then he'd throw a guy out at third because he just was fumbling it around for a while. It seemed like he almost did it on purpose sometimes. That kind of play you could see him making sometimes. But uh, yeah, you know, I I have been on generally on the side that I think I'd like to see Straw kind of come in 
late in games sometimes yeah. and be the defensive replacement. And also I think it'd be cool to, to where like on in the seventh inning, say like Josh Naylor gets a hit, which would be great at some point, or Mike Zanino gets a hit, which would be great at some point. And they get on base. You can, if you have straw on the bench, you put straw in, then straw plays center field and he gets to run for that incredibly slow player. And that's like an extra run you can pick up. So I, I do, I do think it would be nice to have that occasionally, but I do recognize that all the value that, that you miss out on when Straw uh, is on the bench because of how many runs he can save you in the field. So I, I and I've always said, if I could get like 20, 25 homers from the other two outfield spots, you know, if I could get good offensive production from the other two outfield spots, then Straw can start every day. The problem is that, you know, Quan is solid, but he's not hitting homers and he's probably not ever really going to hit very many homers. He's right. going to be, you know, 100, 120 WRC plus. And we're not really getting anything from right field. So it's hard. It's hard to be like, it's fine for Miles Straw to, you know, be 20% below right average. Field? I don't George, know. Gabriel Arias. Yeah. George Valera says Andrew. Yeah, that's the hope. George Valera, the someday the soon outfield messiah that we're all waiting for to come he up. He can hit you twenty home runs a year. Yeah, I hope so. But you know what? Else? You know what? George Valera doesn't do well. Hit left-handers. Yeah, I, I'll say that like his approach against left-handers is a little bit better than our current guys against left-handed pitchers. Like Will Brennan tends to swing at that breaking ball low and away a fair bit. Low and in tends to get him too. Naylor always swings at everything so uh, but he tends to not make contact with that breaking ball Valera will take it so and he'll walk quite a bit I think that is one of the best things he does on offense but it's kind of a weird profile for this organization too he's he's definitely more three true outcomey than you'd expect oh thank god where's tom to be here this week and he and i can both like just gush over the fact that we can have a three true outcome player i just i want to have that's what i've always thought you know last year even all of this contact i was just like but we need like three or four guys that walk home hit a home run and strike out we need those guys and it seems like they kind of agreed with that because they went and got bell who doesn't strike out a ton but you know right. walks and hits home runs and got zanino who absolutely is a three true outcome guy he's um, a two true outcome guy yeah zanino right right strikes out enough really, for him and bell so yeah yeah zanino doesn't really walk that much unless it's a crucial situation apparently <laughs> then he'll take a walk but yeah right all right still got mad at me when i said i missed austin hedges Oh, but Sonino walked in a run. Okay, well, he didn't hit. I say that so he'll hit. <laughs> Hedges just a walk too occasionally in those times. I could see him doing that, but yeah. What did uh who who was saying Eli was saying something about um Bieber after the game? I didn't get to hear the interview that he said something about Zanino. Did anybody hear that? Oh, I don't uh, know. Allie did, I think. Yeah, I mean it wasn't anything crazy. It was just um I think maybe Andre had asked Bieber. Um, just how something about Cam's play on the throw from Brennan um, and Shane obviously said, you know, great play on both ends. Love those guys, whatever the usual nice things. And then <laughs> said, both of our catchers have done, he said both. And I, that's awkward. Cause there are three, but I don't think he means fry. Well, um, he hasn't worked. He hasn't fry. Thrown to fry. 
Yeah. But he basically just said both of our catchers have done a phenomenal job working with the pitchers and calling games and, you know, yada, yada, yada. Just things that weren't relevant to the question that I thought were nice to go out of his way and say when a lot of people have a lot of negative things to say about our catchers right now. Especially when you see, like, both Bieber and Class A pitching to Gallagher haven't been afraid to, like, throw one in the dirt every now and then. Yeah. Um, It's like, I don't dislike. Zanino. Obviously, things could be better. I don't want anyone thinking that I dislike him. It's just, you know, when we have Bo, you'd like to see, you know, a little more offensive production, a little more security behind the plate. But it just I... it doesn't help that Zanino's the worst defensive catcher in the league. Yeah. The worst at blocking, but yeah. one of the best at framing. Yeah, still. Framing is yeah, you cannot throw anything insane. that's outside the strike zone or in the dirt, because he's not going to get Everything's it. Everything's high. <laughs> I think it's on a fantasy middle. team name. It's uh, Catcher Frame Gods. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if anybody... Hi, Milo. I don't know if anybody <laughs> saw... that. Uh, I think it was before the season. Somebody had gone through and and looked at various different catcher metrics, and there was a metric... There was metrics about, like, framing and game calling together... Uh, which there are a whole bunch. I can't remember which one it was, but every one of the top seven had played for the guardians at some point. Like they yep. just love those guys. And one of the guys up there was Zanino and somebody posted this right after they got Zanino and they're like, ah, that explains it. Like they yeah. just love the guys that can frame, which makes sense. It was the elite of the elite. Your Austin hedges, your surprise yeah. Luke Maley. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, Sandy Leon. Sandy Leon. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Sandy Leon. Wait, who was who was the guy? Who was, I, there was? I can't remember. Uh, Rene Rivera. He was Rene Rivera team. for like yeah. fifteen games, but he was there. Forgot about him. <laughs> um, reasonable. Um, and Zanino was the seventh on the list, and he had just signed, so they were like putting it all together for why he was a target. Yeah, I love that. There's some games where like the framing does make a difference for the two pitchers. It's sometimes like that like is all you need and it's very valuable even like as minimalistic as it might seem sometimes i do yeah, logan allen in particular he oh. really works the corners and he gets a lot of strikes stolen from this uh from these catchers that is that is a great call i i remember last couple times watching allen and zanino and gallagher i think both caught him and they just stole so many strikes with his stuff yeah. Yeah. And, and that's important to appreciate, but it, it is important to recognize today. Bieber was burying those breaking balls all day long and he had no hesitation about it. And he had his highest strikeout total. He struck out nine guys. Highest for the team too. Yeah. I don't think that was a coincidence. And I kind of want Cam Gallagher to catch every Tristan McKenzie game because McKenzie cannot live up in the zone. That is not something that he can do. I disagree, actually. I want to oh, see yeah. at least one Zanino game because the best pitch s- Tristan McKenzie say, throws is the high fastball. I say I disagree. I want to see Bo Naylor behind the plate. <laughs> and, well, and Bo will probably like catch him, going Because I think we also saw before Plesak was sent down, Gallagher became his handler. Yeah. Um, and if we do that to McKenzie, and it seems like Shane's doing better. We now you have Austin Hedges. Offensively have Gallagher in the game. Yeah, um, unfortunately. So the but only I mean, option is to bring Bo Naylor here if we're that if, worried about defense. If we could tolerate Austin Hedges, there's no reason we couldn't daily drive Cam Gallagher until Bo Naylor's ready. 
And if you yeah. throw in, but but the problem is they did not pay him three million plus dollars to be the catcher. That's Mike Zanino. It'll probably be Mike Zanino because <laughs> yeah. Well, Mike, I want to go back to the McKinsey up of the zone thing. I guess I'm mainly thinking of that beautiful, beautiful curveball that I miss so much, and how he can't leave that up in the zone. You know, but he you're, should never. Right, no, you're right about the fastball. He definitely does need to live up in the zone with the fastball. Mm-hmm. So maybe it does work with Zanino. But I just I can think of all those times that he just would throw that beautiful thing, and it would just bounce in there, Spike. and guys would swing at it, and I just want him to be able to do that. But it actually may help that the curveball comes in slow enough where I think Zanino probably has a little more trouble with the fast stuff in the dessert in the dirt. So I don't know. He has trouble with all of it. It's if it's in the dirt, it's a problem. But yeah. um the McKenzie has, or at least the last time we saw him active, it was high fastballs, try to break it off to a low curve ball, but not quite a dirt ball if you're staying in the tunnel. And then that hard slider cutter thing that he was working on that isn't very good, but works well enough and gets about middle away um, in its tunnel. So I, I think that will be a reasonable thing for Mike Zanino to catch as reasonable as you can get with with his blocking inability. It's just not there. Good catching analysis tonight from everyone. Uh, so speaking of analysis, who, what is everybody's favorite Paul Hoynes question from the past week? <laughs> Um, I heard there was a good one tonight. Yeah, what was the latest one? It was Oscar. Will Brennan, do you see Oscar Gonzalez being sent down as an opportunity for more playing time? Which, duh, obviously it is one. But what's Will Brennan going to say? I love seeing my teammates fail repeatedly. It's great for me. I wish I was the one that was sent down. (laughs) I love Columbus. Will Will Brennan's like, yeah, I know the, the, the hitting coaches were telling Oscar to lay off of those breaking balls down and out of the zone. And I was like, swing away, Oscar. I mean, you're going to get one eventually. Come on, man. Eventually, you'll tag now one. That, now that the weather's like a little bit warmer right now, do you think that's like helping their moves and helping them win? <laughs> I. <laughs> I Everybody keeps saying it's the weather, and I just keep like all all good teams like – I don't know if you guys know Brian Shaw on Twitter, not the the pitcher. So you're just gonna the say Brian man. Shaw, and I was the like, we- the, weatherman, the weatherman, uh, who who famously would always get destroyed by people after a bad Brian Shaw outing. <laughs> Poor guy. Anyway, he just tagged a Framble's eyebrows and I with a, a post about the the Guardians over time. They're hitting, improving. It was from 2019. It showed like how their their runs and and everything went up to, as the weather went up. But the thing is, that happens for almost every team. Every yep. team. And, but to like single out Quan, like as he was definitely trying to bait Quan into something with that one. Quan's like, no. <laughs> and that was right after the notebook leaked as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, my so, personal favorite, uh, Paul Hoynesism of the. I, I think this was this week was when he told Emmanuel Classe's interpreter that his yeah. utter velocity was down. Like. Like Emmanuel Classe doesn't know he's not throwing 102 miles so per hour all of a sudden. Professional though, like, like the it, other ridiculous. Ones, the other ones are stupid, but that one was just straight up like disrespectful and unprofessional. Well, and I, I enjoyed. I, go ahead, Ali. For a long time, was trying to give Paul Owens the benefit of the doubt because he's been doing this a long time, and he started doing this long before the internet and before he could get this constant overwhelming negative feedback. And I do feel bad. Like he maybe just hasn't adjusted to the fact that people have the ability to judge his questions now in a way they never did. 
but he asks a dumb one every night and like it just they get worse and worse and i i'm running out of niceness the yeah. thing it is i admire the attempt to be nice and i'm sure if i knew paul hoynes i would try to be nicer about it i'm sure that he is a wonderful man probably a great father and grandfather and so forth but um he just is not good at his job and he hasn't been for a while and he's certainly of the age where he could retire it makes me think of how much I respect people who realize, you know, I've, I've done this thing for a while. It's been a lot of good for me and my family, but I'm going to retire and let somebody else, you know, that's, that's more able to do it, go into this job. And you see that happen. I mean, it's rare, but I, I just, I, I'm in this other like quiz tournament thing that I'm involved in. And somebody who like is such a huge figure in that, voluntarily said, Hey, my hearing is going, I can't hear the answers as well as I should. I'm going to step down. And I was thinking about like how great it would be if umpires would do that. Like I can't see anymore. I'm making terrible calls. I think I'll step down, you know, um, but they just case, don't do that. Andrew Hernandez should have retired 20 years ago. Oh yeah. Right. Joe West stayed on another 10 years past where he should have done. Joe West stayed on because he enjoyed the center of attention every day. Yes. Yes. yes psychotic joe west yeah i score a lot of um high a baseball games i i pitch in when the captains need somebody and i can confirm that some uh, umpires in fact never can see so it's very <laughs> difficult to say that you you know have really appreciated the uh drop off when it's, it's never there to start yeah well eli will fix that because we gotta get eli in some of these games yeah they'll uh they're our only hope We also forgot the best Paul Hoynes moment, which was the article that went from first inning (laughs) Guardians, ninth inning Guardians, Babe Ruth, first inning Guardians. (laughs) The old Babe Ruth do with a pitch clock. You ever think of that? That was such a fun read. (laughs) The act of daydreaming in the middle of an article. Yeah, I mean, Cleveland.com has given up on editors like definitely there's no attempt to edit anything that's been the case for a while yeah yeah it, it makes me grateful for zach meisel and mandy bell and uh ryan lewis with the akron journal those guys do a good job the ladies and guys do a good job but yeah yeah oh well at least it provides some entertainment i, I do have to say some of my favorite paul Hoynes moments probably my favorite paul Hoynes moments was during COVID, during Zoom, when he would just constantly be muted or unmuted when he wasn't yes. supposed to. And then how my favorite thing was how Josh Taylor would start rooting for him to figure out the Zoom and like on, clap Polly. and be like, yeah, I'd be like, yeah, Paulie, yeah, go that was just great. I just love Josh Naylor, man. Like I know, I know. I'm I so love- sad that he's struggling. It's just not right. I he think the- inner- you go, go ahead. I take solace in the fact that we can be like, Josh Naylor's not hitting well, that sucks. Or Zanino's not hitting well, that sucks. But nobody's hitting well, so I'm really not mad at or disappointed in anyone because, like, you can't even blame anyone at this point. Everybody's bad. Oh, as a guys, team, lose as a team. It's true, but I am disappointed in my, my large adult son, Andres Jimenez. I regret to report. It's tough. It's tough I watching mean- him right now. Can't be disappointed in him. Like he looked really I, sad after that error today. That's yeah. such, I, 
He has such a sweet face. It is That's very what hilarious. I think that is. Like, his dimples. And... I feel really bad, actually, because I feel like Ahmed Rosario and Andres Jimenez are going through the same things right now. But when Rosario does it, it angers me. And when Himmy does it, I'm like, oh, I feel so bad for you, you sweet boy. <laughs> I just want to see and you I smile. Just, like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. There's there's that uh, that's reminds me. I don't know if you guys saw the meme I did of the the broken and, and broke and strong and independent for Cal Quantrill and Zach Plesac. You could do the exact same thing. Like yes. Cal Quantrill and Zach Plesac both surviving on batting average and balls and play luck and that kind of thing. Uh, Ahmed and Andres have been absolutely horrific. And we're all like, put Ahmed in the bottom of the lineup. Why Sweet is he Andreas, even here? Put Bring him in the over yeah, like, put him in the You can do no wrong. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, oh, Ahmed, your ground ball rate is too high. And then I look on on fan graphs and I see that Jimenez baseball, uh, his grab ball rate is like 10% higher than Ahmed's. So it's bad. <sighs> I would say earlier, there's an interview on Bally a couple of weeks ago where Naylor was pretty much saying that with that Chicago game a year ago, he regretted like swearing and everything because there are kids watching and everything. And I'm like, oh my God, like I would have gone off in that moment too because that was such an exciting moment. But he's like, but there are kids and like it's a kids game and i'm like yeah please stay <laughs> i love i love they were that. in bed they were asleep i, I love that, right. Right. I I love that interview asleep. because he whenever he gets super comfortable interview his canadian accent just comes out so strong and it really did in that it was like he's such boot, a 180 <laughs> like on the field to like who he is then in like interviews and if anyone was like at guards fest with their last um panel um, Straw and Quan were really trying to get him out of his shell, and Mackenzie—they're all trying to get him out of his shell because he just like wouldn't talk. And it's like this is really the same dude who's headbutting Tito. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and those those three guys are so great in interviews. Like as far as super comfortable, at least it seems like it. It may be hard for them, but they both seem very—they all three seem very comfortable in interviews. Uh, Mackenzie, I already think somebody should be signing him for his post-career to do broadcasting because he's oh, so good. Great. Yeah. Offers some really good analysis too. He's yeah. Always the, the option on national TV when they interview players in the dugout, he's always the guy they go to. He's yeah. really well-spoken. Mm-hmm. He is extremely knowledgeable. Uh, you can tell that he's been doing this his entire life and he just, I mean, he's incredibly gifted as a speaker too. Yeah. I yeah. Really- like straw in interviews because yeah. he's never trying to give a good interview he's just giving his honest answer he's like, just talking to you why didn't you show us the ball oh was i supposed to do that <laughs> i love what, the like one they hard? did with him and kwan before our second new york series um once we were like back there and how kwan like didn't even realize what was going on but straw's like that's my family if kwani and i are in a bank of america and you say that to him I will try you. And I'm like, why are we in a Bank of America? <laughs> Bank of America is unsure how to feel about the free advertising in that scenario. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, uh, speaking, uh, I, that reminds me. Uh, so Minnesota, one of the best home run parks for right-handed hitters. So maybe one of those twin series. We'll be Where's able to Straw see. hitting his home run at? Minnesota. Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would be perfect. Go ahead to the top of the ninth. Straw hits a go home run. Well, the announcers are just like 
No, nah, I'm done. Uh, I'm not going through this again. Joe right. Biden comes in. Quan just hit a home run against Minnesota, right? What's that, that Minnesota that Quan hit a home run? Yep. Imagine yep. we just beat the Twins all year on home runs from Quan and Straw. That yeah. would upset them so much. Oh, I think geez. we've had enough of the slap hitting <laughs> goblins. Uh, thank you, Mike. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it, well, I have to say, like, it's been a frustrating stretch, but I did get a lot of life from those two games they won against the Twins. It like, started when I was there. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Not Alyssa, to stay there. That. Yeah, you need to go every night. I, uh, I'm trying to figure out right now which hats have the most wins in them. I'm thinking some hats might be good for breaking streaks, but not for like keeping streaks going. It's all theory I've got going. So this <laughs> one like you're going to need a spreadsheet, a hat spreadsheet. I, I think you're right. Yeah, I've it's got kind of like that one account that makes I, I can't remember the name, but they make all like the funny like graphs and everything. They have Jay like Kuda. a white sock. Yeah, they have all like the white socks uniforms and like how many how many wins they had, how many losses. You should do it with your hats. I should. Yeah, that's a good idea. Speaking of Sorry. No, go ahead. Uniforms. Sarah's not here, but the City Connect that she designed today was beautiful. So shout out to Sarah for that. Go to shout Sarah out to Knows Ball. City. Sarah Knows Ball. Make sure you check out her graphic designs. They're really good. Yeah, she did the, the Six City designs. And they, you know, and I, I was I was kind of unsure about what that would look like because I wasn't really struck by it. But man, she made it look so good. I was... It was, was totally so well thought that. out too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we spitballed in the chat for a little while on what would look good there, and um, and she just took it and ran with it like miles further than anything I thought that was going to be. So it was great it was how awesome. she, yeah, she used some real world references of when Six City was used in reference to Cleveland. Yeah, we we found a nice little 1930s article in the Plain Dealer. Nice, she's super talented. So yep, everybody check that out. Well, guys, it's good. Let's hope that next week maybe we'll have some offensive outbursts to talk about. But until then, we'll just trust on Shane Bieber and the Guardians collection of pitching, uh, uh, you know, aces and, and relief. Dom- hey, Sam Henches. We, we made it through a, a Karen check appearance today, guys. Thanks <laughs> because to of Sam Henches. Yes, right. his pants were so tight today. I could see the sliding shorts. <laughs> no, so I could short see his sliding too. shorts. They're they so were so tight today. Are they getting tighter? Like, are they shrinking them? I don't want to see the, a progression to the He's season, so but... swole. His quads are so swole. <laughs> okay, but look at Spencer glutes, Strider and then look at him. Jimmy wishes he was Spencer difference. Strider. Yes, Jimmy K. Jimmy <laughs> uh, uh, But yes, great to have Sam Hitches back. Thank God that Tito can go to Sam Hitches. I was I was so afraid that we were not going to see Sam Hitches for Nick Maton, and then we did, and I was like, oh, thank God. Well, thank you. Thank you, Tito. <laughs> yes all right well thanks guys appreciate it and we'll check in with you next week this has been the cleveland guardians fancast you can find us on any major podcast platform please remember to like subscribe download rate and review thank you for listening